let's do it. Um, you know, I was trying to think of a joke. Um, I want to be clear that this is a joke. It's not legal advice. Uh, you know, there's that whole idea of the get get out of jail free card and monopoly, right? Mm -hmm. Right. I'm wanting to come up with a term of the stay out of jail free sticker. You just slap this on your weed and then, and then you avoid jail time. I'm just, I'm joking. I'll have you. Oh, it's uh, some THCA flower. I want you to explain my joke here in a second. It's going to be the uh, main bulk of our, our topic or of our show today, but really quick, just the pre preamble for folks. This is the Cole memo. I'm your host, Cole Preston. Every episode is released in audio, video, and transcript format. To find the transcript, audio, or video version, just look in the episode description that you're listening to now. Within that description, you'll find a link that takes you to our website where you can find all of those versions. If you're unable to locate the episode description on whichever platform you're listening from, I get it. Simply note the episode number and visit thecolememo.com. From there, you can find the corresponding episode, and then you'll be able to find those audio, video, and transcripts uh, that you might be looking for. You might also find any links that we referenced during the episode today so that you might be able to do your own research. Folks, you know that if you're not listening to this episode of The Cole Memo on Patreon, then you're listening to this episode later than our patrons. To become a patron, go to thecolememo.com slash Patreon. It's a great way to support our show. You get the episodes right off the wire. Let's jump right into it. Today's January 4th, 2024, and I'm sitting back down with Tom Howard. Tom, go ahead and introduce yourself uh, to our audience. Hey, everybody who's tuning into the Cole Memo. My name's Tom Howard. You can find me on the internet over at Cannabis Legalization News on YouTube or .com. Nobody goes to that site, though. Uh, and most people find me on CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. That has a lot more traffic. And then uh, the name of my consulting firm is Collateral Base. Um, so that's one of the fun things. You know, uh, I've created a a new business this year. So I'm going to now spin off because the consulting firm has also been the law firm in Illinois. And now I'm going to tell everybody, Hey, no problem. You know, I can still represent you if I can, but, uh, over here now. And so I'm going to use the cannabis industry lawyer site that I have <clears throat> to now hopefully create a network of, uh, cannabis lawyers that are barred all over the United States. And, um, we do a lot of SEO. And so like more, more leads, more views of pages, more people subscribing to the the podcast. It's a virtuous cycle. Yeah. And I got to say that like people, I Google the phrase cannabis legalization news every day, almost literally every day. And Tom and, and Miggy, I think are basically synonymous with that phrase, uh, phrase. You've got the weekly show. It's every Sunday on YouTube. And then you've got like weekly episodes that drop as well, but definitely live on Sundays. Right. Definitely live on Sundays. And one is dropping right now, which is yeah. fun. On the same I, topic. Same topic. topic. Yeah. And so it's uh, it's funny because I did my first video on THCA flower in 2019 mm-hmm. when uh, there was you go to the dispensary and it's technically hemp that you're buying. So I, I have a dispensary. I haven't been issued. I want it back in July. Hopefully it's worth something by the time I can actually get it open. Because uh, like the THCA loophole is really big, like you know, it's um, it's huge. It because that's what the plant makes. So the plant is making hemp. It's not marijuana until you light it on fire, right? And that's right. that's basically the the root of my joke. Is I was saying you can slap it. Obviously, again, that's not legal advice. I think you would probably reiterate that as a lawyer. 
Uh, I, I don't think anybody can form an attorney-client relationship uh, on a podcast. Or I mean, I'm going to write the people that help. And like, where are the doctors with all this type of ethical obligations and professional rules? How come doctors don't have professional rules? Come on! But um, if you read something on the internet or you hear it on a podcast, that is not your lawyer, nor is it legal advice. You know? Yeah. Good point. But I guess just to start, I think the the funny joke I was trying to make is. Would you agree that maybe some people are just slapping on a THCA sticker and selling weed right now? Yeah. Under this yeah. loophole. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, maybe also a fake COA. Uh, and that's, you know, it's one of those deals where if you go and buy weed at your medical dispensary locally or at your adult use dispensary, it's probably going to be hemp unless it's a pre-roll. Then, like, it's usually a little bit more decarboxylated by that. Some strains can actually be like 1% THC, but uh, the vast majority of the ones that you see in an Illinois dispensary qualify as hemp. You know, and they'll be in, in Missouri too. Uh, Michigan don't play that. Michigan just says total THC, <laughs> stop being cute, you know, and, um, but then the federal law doesn't. Uh, the federal law says 0.3%, no more. And so, like, you can go up to that line, don't cross it, uh, of Delta 9, which the plant doesn't make. That happens when you light it on fire. Uh, and so you can, like, watch, because it was only 2018, uh, when they had the congressional hearings on the farm bill. Just every congressman being misled. So it won't get you high? No. No, Senator, it won't. Oh, okay. And then I could just, uh, hopefully they're uh, they're laughing to themselves. No, it won't. And then in their head, they're like, unless you light it on fire. But that's the that's the quiet part. They didn't say out loud. And so it worked. Um, I don't know how this is going to end, but uh, we'll find out this year, I think. Yeah. And I think an important point that I just want to underscore before we move any further is that, as you just said, the dispensary carries these products, too. I think some people get confused and think that THCA is some like synthetic or like it's sprayed on or. But really, in in the context of THCA flower, it, I mean, didn't weren't you looking into doing some research? Isn't it like that they just take the test earlier or something? But they're, I, yeah. I'm just really trying to underscore. There's no difference. <laughs> there's no difference, and so that yeah, I do. I will be following back up with them and doing a, a future video about that with them. Um, it's just that I have a deal that I'm working on that I want to get closed, and, and so I've been a little distracted on that. Um, However, you know, it's that's what the plant makes. And so as it's growing, uh, you have to then test it. Let's say you have a hemp license. And so you call the, the guys that, that sell cookie seed and you buy cookie seed pursuant to your hemp license. And so you're growing it and you're putting it into flour and you're about halfway through flour. You're 99% certain because you've been growing weeds since, you know, you're a kid. Uh, and it's in your third generation. It's been in your family for years, right? That it, you've got 29 days before you harvest it. Uh, so not more than 30 days, you take the top cola and, and you send it out to uh, the lab. And so then the lab will test it for total THC, which is not what the statute says. The statute says Delta 9. But then the regs and the rules that have the force of law uh, says, um, uh oh, my client is calling on that deal that I just alluded to. Hey, you want to take it? Um, Go ahead. Uh, can we can we come back? Yeah. That? So, uh, yeah, you were just saying the federal federal regs thirty days before that whole thing. Yeah, and so it's in the federal rules. 
that they passed. And so if you're going to get, because then, and this will probably be happening for regular cannabis here in, uh, this coming year as they'll have final rules and whatnot. But uh, they passed a rule that said, here's how you test for potency before harvest, uh, which is interesting because nobody who is trying to sell their weed for THC content purposes, whatever, test for uh, uh, potency like this. Uh, so you have to test it no more than 30 days before you harvest. So if you have been flowering hundreds of crops uh, with the genetics that you're working and you know them very well and you know your conditions. So you would know like pretty much to the day when you're going to be able to harvest this thing. Uh, and then you'd be able to make sure it's no more than 30 days and give them the, the cola that the rules require. And that it's probably going to come back between 0.3 or less. Uh, and for the, for the total, because the vast majority of the can of the, the THC comes on in the last month of the flowering period, uh, and and that's how a lot of the stuff that's actually being grown to a license, uh, it pursuant to a license, is is um, satisfying the THCA or the THC uh, levels because the, the the rules literally say you get a test for potency up to or no more than thirty days before it's harvested. So what, what's your, before we get into your stance on it, I actually wanted to just back up and ask, it's interesting that this, I feel like this entire conversation about farm bill products started around health concerns around Delta eight. And now it seems like the goalposts have shifted to, uh, you know, a debate about open licensing and limited licensing and not so much even about Delta eight anymore. You don't even really hear about that as part of the conversation. And I'm, yep. I think it's because of what the point I made earlier, which is that they're truly identical products. I recently interviewed Charlie Bactel and he said the exact same thing. They're, they're truly identical products. So they, they are competition. And since they're sold without the same regulations and taxes, these hemp operators are making much more profit than cannabis operators. Um, I wanted to back up. Do you think that's like a do you, do you also find that interesting that that's how this conversation started and there was no talk about THCA except for from oh, you except for from yeah. you from back in 2019 it was just kind of like a passing mention you made well they it was not about growing weed it was about uh growing CBD flour and and then you know it wasn't called industrial hemp anymore and so some of this hemp wasn't going to be made for food or for clothing or for bioplastics or for industrial purposes, it was going to be made for not even horticultural purposes, because if I go buy like some flowers, I'm not going to just then start smoking them. It was bought for like food purposes or, right. or medicinal purposes. People were going to then consume it in their bodies. And uh, so the that was like why they passed it. And they talked a lot about CBD and how it didn't get you high. And, and so the first crop was all this CBD stuff, so much so that there was more crop than they can move. Uh, and so then they needed to do something with it because it's not selling. And that's when they realized they could make Delta eight. Uh, and then, so then they started making all that Delta eight and that got everywhere. And then they said, well, you know, the farm bill does say 0.3% Delta nine and our stuff, if you test it after it's been harvested, because we take such good care of it, we'll beat that test. According to the little literal definition of hemp, where it's a uh, 0.3% or less Delta nine. Uh, and then they ran with it and then they started just selling the thca uh somewhere before that the delta eight they started selling seeds and that was really cool uh because like i think yeah. seeds are 
it, it is a far cry from saying a seed is marijuana as opposed to a harvested cured THCA eighth. That had to have gone through months of of care, months of attention and and um, training, and then harvesting, and then curing, and then weighing. So I'm fine with seeds being uh, hemp. Uh, when it comes down to the purpose for why you're growing it and the regulations that we have for the human consumption that they're clearly doing, um, that's where it gets more into a murkier area where if you're going to be smoking this stuff, has it been tested for heavy metals? Like, has it been tested for pesticides or other chemicals that might be on it? Um, you know, you're going to be putting it into your body and trying to enjoy it. Uh, it, wouldn't you like to know whether or not it's, it's poisonous? Right. Yeah. And I want, I want to, uh, I wrote that down COAs and testing. I'd like to, I'd like to get back. Is that kind of, that's what I was going to segue to. Is that kind of your stance on that? Is it the, the lack of testing? Cause I've heard you say other things that I've heard other operators say, like the, the taxes and the lack of regulation and the two sets of rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two sets of rules. And so it's just, it's you're not even at parity now. And then it becomes um, an exploitation of a loophole. But, you know, all of those high in the sky dreams that, you know, people uh, care about or not, uh, it really is like a health and safety and wellness type of uh, argument behind it. Because like you wanted those patients to be able to access that stuff. And, you know, you're not you give them no data on that. I mean, maybe some, uh, because then it's like, should we just have the industry regulate itself? And so some people are going to have on their uh, products, like more spectrums of the tests, more panels. So they're going to do the heavy metals test. They're going to do the um, uh, pesticide and the other residue tests and the molds so that they can advertise that you're going to want to buy our weed because it's clean. Sure, maybe then that, uh, but then there's the the regulation aspect of it, and um, or this. When the Republicans figure out that weed is like this, they're going to be pissed off. They're going to be like, "Hey," and, and so I think regulation is going to catch up once they understand it. Uh, and so that's that's kind of why I'm like, well, then it's probably going to go this way. It's not like weed's going to be super legal. It's going to be available at gas stations without having to have a card. And it's going to be considered an agricultural commodity. Like, you know, we don't do that with beer. We do that with the inputs to beer, like wheat. Uh, and so if it's an input to beer, fine. But if it's actually the beer, no. I mean, if there's going to be some levels of regulation. There's going to be... Um, you know, licenses to do it. And then also if you're making it for food consumption, there's regs for you to do that at the federal level. So, it, you know, the regulations that you have to put up with to grow corn and soybeans is a far cry difference than the regulations you'd have to put up with for doing uh, consumer packaged goods, like, you know, ice cream sandwiches or something. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I I've got something like thoughts on testing itself, but, but Lately, again, what I've seen the conversation shift from is less about a conversation about public safety and more about licensing. And I even actually saw, I think we're in the same algorithm or something, because everything you comment on about THCA, I always see on LinkedIn, and everything about THCA, I, like they're just inundating me with THCA content, and I love it. But one of the posts I saw you make the other day, um, 
is about LaShawn Ford's recent proposal. And you're saying, not sure why you would want to sh- open a shop in the purpo- purportedly limited market state if an unlimited number or of hemp shops can be selling THCA flour like regular dispensaries do. LaShawn Ford, this would ruin the cannabis dispensary industry because of how THCA hemp flour works. What what do you right. mean by that? Because I um, I'm not looked at this proposal, but his last maybe it is the same proposal. I thought his proposal was it's like the idea that the hemp growers were stepping up to the plate, so to say, with regard to the the safety and testing and taxing and age restrictions. Um, and it was almost like a big it seemed like a challenge to the open licensing or the limited licensing market, kind of like you were saying. Yeah. But I, I just wanted to give you like, what did you mean by that? Uh, pretty much what I said, like they have not included a definition of hemp that doesn't unblur the lines for just being weed. Great. You're going to you're going to card people now. And <clears throat> So all these poor people that are processed, they aren't, they're not even called processor licenses. Infuser licenses are now super worthless if that like passes, right? Uh, because you can't, you know, you could at least then buy whatever distillate you want online uh, from a hemp farmer and then turn it into whatever product you want uh, of food stuff. And so then you would be able to go. So it seemed like it was very focused on the food, but they also said for insulation, but they did not say uh, anything about the THC whatsoever and so like if that the inhalation is that delta eight then is that saying mm-hmm. like you can do delta eight vapes that's unlimited but then is it also thca flower could you then create and so there would be a license that you would buy and you would then create a hemp stop shop like a and mod it out like it is a dispensary but not spent on any of the security and get open and operational for a hundred thousand two hundred thousand dollars supposed to like 1.52 million is that is that what's going to be happening now and then you just call up Northkin. then they, they have some amendments in the rules to hemp for its farming that makes it a little bit more difficult to cultivate the thca flower in this state but you can call like tennessee or you can call north carolina and call oregon and call california you call the states where it's being like actually cultivated uh, and then just buy it from there yeah yeah. Where's it's the inventory the, control, right? Like, yeah. And what to, and then do we just the, the the fraudulent goods, right? How do we know that that THCA hemp pre-roll where is its COA? Like wh- who farmed that? Where was the license on that one, you know? Mm-hmm. I I maybe misinterpreted it. I thought you were like saying that you thought that the Illinois cannabis industry should be a limited market. And like I said, I felt like this has been the one challenge to that structure where they've they've like they are selling a quote unquote legal product. And then people have their complaints that they're not abiding by the strictures of the CRTA. So they're like, we'll do those things. And I get what you're saying. They still don't have to pay all the security. and such. But then why do you even have the CRTA? Like, well, that's actually kind of what I was going to ask is like, it seems (laughs) like the CRTA is kind of stupid at this point (laughs) exactly and so you're like do you even understand what you're doing like what are you doing and then did you legal did you do all that shit back in 2014 to legalize it just like four years later and be like man whatever Mm -hmm. discard them make sure that you don't give them too much and it has to be from hemp 
Well, it is interesting because I think last year in Benzinga, and I don't mean by like the most previous Benzinga, the one before this one where J.B. Pritzker spoke at, uh, I can't think of his name, but um, somebody from Pharmacan said something to the effect of they see limited licensed markets kind of being a temporary fixture in the cannabis industry. And then this came along. <laughs> right. Which I, you know, but then the, they, but then ahead. everybody who's holding one of those limited licenses right now would be like, sell it, get out of it, because why are you going to put up with all that regulation if you don't need to? Sure. Yeah. Have you seen? I've talked to a few perspectives, and it's only a few. It's not like it's like a large number of people. I think maybe I could think of two or three. Where they're in in Illinois, at least in both, they're they're licensed under their under the CRTA. Like River Bluff is an example, and River River something. I don't know. River Bluff Collective is their hemp license, and River Bluff something is their cannabis license. So they got their feet in both buckets. What do you think about like people doing that? That's that's a hedge, you know. Yeah. Do you think it's a yeah. risky bet? No. Like, do you think maybe you could get your I heard somebody float that idea, like maybe if you're fucking around, you could get your CRTA license yanked or something. Perhaps, if you're fucking around, you know, but then it's not a crime to divert hemp, an agricultural commodity. Yeah. But then if you are diverting the stuff that was bought from an actual craft grow license, right, that can get you in a lot of trouble. But then if that craft grow license has a hemp license, you're just buying its weight, eh, you know. But then you'd still probably it'd be separate shops. Yeah. Right. So what is, what is your feeling about limited license markets at this point? Because I'll be honest, I credit you for radicalizing me against limited license markets. Oh, well, again, it's not that bad in the sense that the limited license markets, if you're going to require people uh, to and the farmers to test like that, and if you're going to require uh, the um, the security, where it's going to be like a five six hundred thousand dollars security system to cultivate that stuff, uh, and then if you're going to require the dispense, if you're going to require seed to sale tracking, like the the uh, operational expenses of the compliance uh, segment of the market, uh, and then if you're going to require the dispensary to have hundreds of thousands of dollars of security systems. And then the municipalities are going to require you to do more than that. Like, you know, when the liquor store opens up, they don't say we, we really need a new uh, driveway here and we need uh, all new parking right here. And then we want we want the sign to be. I mean, there's a lot that you have to put up with <clears throat> to operate. So if you're going to go through all of that crap, uh, you should not you should have some moat to a certain extent. Otherwise, people will not want to get in and then they'll be losing their shirts uh, because they just won't be able to, to operate you know, with the, the cost of compliance on that. And that's the method that they chose. Uh, and that's the method that a lot of states have chosen. And so the states like uh, Missouri and Arkansas and uh, Illinois and Maryland and Ohio uh, and New Jersey's limited in the sense of the, the the municipalities. Same with California, Washington State's another limited license state. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just interesting because 
in the past I've heard that these systems were crafted conservatively to like make it more digestible for Republicans, but now it seems these systems were crafted for like economic assurance. To a certain extent, they were, I think, for their economic assurance <clears throat> because of the cost of the compliance. And so, like, if the compliance is going to push uh, the average dispensary out of business, well, what if you just have the number of dispensaries? Well, then they should be able to, uh, you know, you can run it bad, you can run it good, but uh, they should be able to be able to provide enough supply. And it's about providing that adequate supply of the safe product. So that's kind of like the theory of the limited market states. Yeah. Yeah, and I I actually have an old – this is like where I feel like this hemp thing comes into play, and it's a, a really old uh, pixelated clip uh, that I took from one of your old YouTube videos, uh, mm. and then I posted on Instagram. And I feel like it's relevant in a different way nowadays. I'm going to play it. Um, I'm going to have to refresh my page, though, because it already started. Um, look how old this well, video was. That. January That's 9th, 2020 so it's about no 22 they will greatly inflate the price of doing business but enough they do and that that's like I say that that clip right there made me so radical against limited licenses because I understand the mechanism. Like I understand that people will lose their shirts. Yeah. But from like a consumer standpoint, I'm just like, you know, what's funny is I never complain. Somebody said the other day because operators bring up price compression when we have this conversation. They're like, well, mm -hmm. we want to prevent price compression. And I was having a consumer a conversation with the consumer the other day, and they go, I fucking love price compression. And I was thinking about it, and I was like. Yeah. In what other context is a consumer worried about price compression? It's totally uh, from an operator's standpoint. You know what I mean? That's right. It's from an operator's standpoint. But um, so Michigan does a, a pretty good job. You can lose your shirt there, but you can also do all right. But mm -hmm. then you get a lot of that price compression. So yeah, <clears throat> big time. The business owner doesn't want to give up those fat checks. Yeah. I mean, the retailers I, still do pretty decent business because it's a retail business. And so the markup's the markup. Right. The price compression typically hits the producer. Right. And to give an example, like I asked Charlie Bactel, I held up one of his own cartridges that I had. Uh, and I was like, this costs a hundred bucks, give or take in Illinois. It caught this same exact product from you, Charlie, costs 30 bucks in Michigan. And he's just said, yeah, due to economic factors, we have to sell it at that price. So it's like, it's weird just because basically what it sounds like they're saying and other companies like that are saying is like they have to sell it low to be competitive in those states. But then here, as you just said, because they can to keep those fat checks, well, they sell it higher. And because, frankly, I, I've even read reporting all the way back in the day from Mike Fouché. It's questionable whether or not operating in the cannabis industry is even profitable. You know, like mm -hmm. if any of these companies are profitable you know? uh, the retailers can make well the retailers if it's not a schedule one drug mm -hmm. so a hemp retailer can make money because it's a retail business you know you you do your markup and then you live in the margin if you are a good retailer and you can keep your costs down and your revenues up 
the farmers have a much more difficult uh, you know time of keeping those prices up and so uh the the price the spot price of weed is what it is and it's insulated from illinois because the producers are so limited and then the cost of getting that new producer license even if it's a craft grow on is so high that uh, they they spend that six, $7 million and then they want to make that $3,000 a pound. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you make like, doesn't cost that much to build a hemp farm relative to what it costs to build a craft grow in compliance with all the regulations. So if they really just wanted to make this thing all hemp and it's going to be weed, why did you do the legalization at all? Like, is the, why did you do social equity at all? Like, why did you do any of these things at all? I mean, you could still have a market like Michigan, which is fairly limited in the sense that there's costs of compliance, which are high. And then if you can even get a spot in the community, which maybe you can. Yeah. 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 And I'm just, it's, what do you think the answer is to this issue? It sounds like we're talking about one set of rules and maybe like a, a clearer interpretation of what's going on. Um, but I don't mean to speak for you. What do you think is the answer to to this in Illinois, but all nationally, if you can? Uh, federal guidance. And so if there was a federal set of rules and a marketplace for it, all the operators kind of have to get in line with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And what do you think in Illinois would be the answer? Is it just like, no, <laughs> like you can't sell, you can't do this, put this on your shelf anymore. Like we yeah. sell it. Yeah. I, you can't is, is my answer to that one, where if you just do that, you're not going to be able to have a licensed market. You're just going to have this gray illicit market. Yeah. 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 So, and then. Nobody's going to want that dispensary. Those R3 grants aren't going to get done. And you, so you created this whole system and you're just gone in, in like four years. Yeah. Replaced by something that doesn't like give back what this one was supposed to do. Right. But then delivers the same product. Yeah. Yeah. Those are definitely all, all valid points, especially when you bring up like the purpose of why this happened. And, you know, I could go and say that I don't feel all the different ways in which I don't feel we've accomplished those goals. But I just I said this to you the other day and I, I uh, via chat. So I felt like you maybe misunderstood me. Um, I, I really do from a consumer standpoint. And I, I understand what you're saying from an operator standpoint. But if we like take that hat off from a consumer standpoint, what I said the other day to you was uh, this seems like a step forward. I can get weed delivered to my fucking house. Like I got weed ice cream delivered to my house, like flour. Um, uh, I, a quote I got from the CROO the other day was sometimes when people, and I'm loosely quoting right now. So, but sometimes I guess when people get pulled over, police don't know what to do. People will say this is hemp and they don't know what to do and they let them go. And I say, that's a win. Mm hmm that's a win, you know, yeah. but I get what you're, you said the other day it's, but it's not a step. I felt like you were explaining it from the operator's standpoint. Do you get where I'm coming from? Like on the consumer side where it's like, holy shit, we got the, the answer to the criminalization problem. Uh, no, you don't really. Cause like as soon as you light it on fire, 
it's a crime. But most people don't smoke an ounce at a time. So it never is. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, you saw that recent guidance from the TSA. They said that you can fly with Farm Bill products. So I'll just, you know, slap my stickers on and start flying with we. I don't know. It's just like it's this level of freedom that I feel like we haven't attained yet. And here mm -hmm. it is. And I know it's people say interpretations and stuff. But what I've been wondering lately is like, it's not like Mitch McConnell wrote this bill under candlelight or any of those motherfuckers. Like, generally speaking, am I wrong? Those bills are written for them. So if we're talking about interpretation, like, who knows? Maybe somebody in a smoky room, this was their end goal. <laughs> you know, perhaps know. like maybe they were ahead that, of the science. Maybe. But then, like, uh, if it is that free and open, mm -hmm. the regulations is soon to follow. Because they're going to try to put it back in the, I mean, they aren't going to, the, I mean, that'd be hilarious. The only thing you had to do to reduce the stigma was just slap a TACA label on and go, <laughs> no, mom, it's hemp. You're right. Uh, we'll see. I don't think that's going to be how it plays out, but it could, yeah. you know. Temporarily, at least, right? You don't think it'll that's play right. out like that in the long run. Um. So, so yeah, I guess just to close, you know, it sounds like what we're saying, and then I'd like to have a brief discussion about testing to like completely cap this episode, because that's, I feel like the undertone of this entire episode, we talk about testing and stuff, right? And the mm -hmm. differences and, and all that. But to put a cap on it, you're basically saying, you know, from an operator's standpoint, it pulls the rug out from some of these systems that were basically established to, you know, give you a certain level of market share, some assurity, if you will. Um, that's right. Yeah. I mean, like the entire industry basically pulls the rug out of them. All the ones that have a license. Uh, and then it, it gives the rug to the people that, you know, maybe still be in the gray or the, the illicit market and it gives them cover. Do you think people, uh, this is my last question on this week and then we can go, go over to testing. Do you think people like Cheech and Chong and cookies and I even saw Snoop Dogg has rolled out a few now. Like there are some big names in this space. And it's like when you start to think about how many people are starting up businesses and stuff and then you think about the lobbyists they can maybe afford off of this. Yeah, I just wonder if this is like the cats out of the bag. What do you what do you think? I think they're I really think gonna reel us be... back. Uh, I think it'll, or it'll be fine-tuned in Schedule 3. Yeah. I th yeah. I agree with you on that. It'll it'll be like, hey, let's stop pretending like these are two separate things. Our bad. These are the same thing. We'll see. Like, they did not have a farm bill last year. So if they have a farm bill next year, like they do typically every five years, maybe it'll get skipped again, you know, into the next administration. But there will be hearings on this definition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know how long this this last bit will take. I feel like you might you're you're usually pretty good at addressing these points. Uh, but I want to lead with that. I'm not saying testing is is useless because most people feel more comfortable when they when they buy legal and get products that are, are tested. Right. Um, But my issue with that is that like when we it's definitely like been a a cool thing. I remember when I went to Colorado and they're like, by the way, you're going to get this sticker that says all this information about your weed. I was like, oh my gosh, we're in the future. But it's funny. I didn't even like, I wasn't thinking about that because the issue from my standpoint wasn't that it wasn't tested or taxed. It was 
that I could be locked up for it. Right. And so, and one of the points for cannabis legalization was always like, Hey man, nobody's ever died from it. And that was based on like centuries of unregulated use. So I'm all for testing, but, and I'm, I, I welcome it to be more accurate is actually my, my final thing that I wanted to end up with. And I'm curious what you think about this. Cause there's, it was a while ago, but there was that Chicago sun time story. And I think I even read recently and maybe it'll be on the next cannabis legalization news, or maybe it was on the last one. I haven't watched it just yet. Um, but I think a state just shut down part of some testing labs just to address, you know, THC inflation and stuff like that. I bring this up because it's like testing is used as like a backstop for legal cannabis, but it's like, it's not perfect. No, it's not perfect, but like cannabis is a heavy metal accumulator, you know, there's, and then there's mold and other stuff that can happen to that cannabis. Yep. So if you're going to be eating it, as opposed to making a house out of it, you know, it should be, you should know what's in it. Like, you know, if you go and you buy food, they have to kind of tell you what's in it. Mm -hmm. Now, if you buy talcum powder, they might put some cancer in it. Uh, And then you can sue them and say like, you can't put this in there. And they might have a huge settlement. So it's one of those things for the consumer to ensure that they are safe and they get quality products and access to quality products. There needs to be some form of testing. Like the THC levels, come on, that's hilarious. If you really cared about the THC levels, why is the farm bill called for 30 days before harvest to say what the <laughs> THC level is? Good point. Yeah. yeah. And the weed smokes just as fine without those quote unquote THC levels, right? I mean, you've smoked THCA flower, right? Oh, well, well, you just said yeah. you got it from the dispensary. <laughs> I grow so, yeah. THC. Everybody who has like a cultivation, uh, you know, in their basement is growing THCA hemp. That's awesome. Unless you really fucked up the guy or certain strains, but like the vast sure. majority of the strains, they, when you harvest it, there's no Delta nine in it. Good point. We're all yeah. farming THCA. Yeah. Well, I will in this. I'll end this with uh, this. Um, I had it pulled up and I and I just lost it. Um, here it is. I'll share this meme. I think it's a good little note to end on. It's basically what we've been saying this entire time. And and Tom, I know you love memes, so we'll yep. end it with a laugh. Uh, wait, it's all THCA. Always has been. Yep, yep. that's right. <laughs> That makes me wonder, like, the uh, person who wrote that into the farm bill in 2018 was like, oh, no, no, I got this. They don't know what I'm talking about. No, it won't get you high unless you light it on fire. Don't say that part. Right. Just don't say that out loud. Yeah. Well, Tom, do you want to to plug anything before we go? Oh, no. Go check out that video that I just dropped. And, um, you know, THCA is fascinating, uh, but I think it'll be, like, I'm sorry, I've just been alive and I've seen the stigma against this plant. I can't imagine. The only thing you have to do is just say THC a hemp and it goes away, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Yeah. So I'll reiterate for like the fourth time, folks, don't just do that and bank on that being a thing. (laughs) So, all right. Cool. Well, all right. Thanks for having me on, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And folks, I hope you found as much value in this conversation as I did. We'll see you on the next episode of The Cole Memo. Take care.